Hi there, I'm Chloe Veltman and welcome to Voicebox, your eclectic weekly guide on public radio and podcasts to the human voice and all the fantastic things it can do. It's wonderful to be here with you once again. It Takes Two, recorded in late 1965 by Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston for Motown's Tamla label. The song pretty much sums up what tonight's show is all about, the art of duetting. Gay and Weston were, at least to the best of our knowledge, not romantically involved. But tonight's guests, who sing together regularly, also happen to be husband and wife. I've invited Nikki and Tim Bloom to the studio to chat about singing duets and, more broadly, what it's like to share the mic with a person with whom you share love, laughs and laundry responsibilities. Hi, Tim and Nikki. Thanks for joining me. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks, Chloe. Well, let's start by hearing a song performed by the two of you right here in the studio. What are you going to play for us? This is a song called Think About the Two of Us, which is a pretty good, pretty typical title for a, a duet. And it's uh, we recorded it last year for an album that we released. It's also called Duets. When you're having a hard time believing in yourself, baby And it's not the same when we're apart, I know Cause I feel your pain Waiting for something's like waiting for nothing when it don't show Standing there with no earthly idea where to go Think about the two of us By the edge of the creek in the cool summer dusk Feeling lazy Think about the two of us Right on schedule, there's no need to rush, oh baby Think about the two of us When morning begins like a wrecking ball coming in your window Just turn off the phone and put some Alan Watts on and just lay low. Step out the door without being bound for anywhere. Breathe nice and slow, let your imagination take over. Think about the two of us Sitting around inventing new ways to cuss That's unladylike Think about the two of us Getting long in the tooth But staying ahead of the rust Oh baby Think about the two of us. 
song about the two of us. Gorgeous harmony indeed. Thanks very much. If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm Chloe Veltman and you're listening to Voicebox. To find out more about our series, including how to make a much-needed donation to support our project, which is independently produced and non-profit, please visit voicebox-media.org. Donating to Voicebox is super easy through our online PayPal link. Tonight we're exploring the notion of duets, in particular what it's like to sing with your significant other. My guests, Nikki and Tim Bloom, have been married for five years or so. So how did you guys meet and how did that initial meeting eventually evolve into romance and song? Uh, We met, well we've known each other for many years. Um, Tim plays in a band called The Mother Hips and I have always been um, an appreciator of that band. Mm -hmm. So um, over years of going to shows, uh, we became acquaintances and then friends, and the timing was finally right for love and song. (laughs) (laughs) So the love came before the song? No, the song came before love. Yeah, I I had seen Nikki at shows, and we were sort of, you know, acquaintances, and um, there was never anything really going on there. And then, I mean, I thought she was beautiful and she seemed nice enough, but I didn't know her very well. And then we were both at a party after a show in San Diego. It was on New Year's Eve, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. And someone handed a guitar to Nikki and she sang Statesboro Blues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I had no idea she could sing at all, much less have such a nice voice. And so that sort of changed my... my, um, perspective of of her and then we started you know i I said right away we you got to make a a record Mm -hmm. i'll help you make it and i thought to myself yeah right another musician (laughs) puffing me up gonna make me feel disappointed but he did he called me and said do you have any plans to come up to san francisco i was living in san diego at the time and i said no and he said well i think you should and so i went up for a business meeting and um at the time, he had a small recording studio at his house, and I went over there, and we talked about songs and, um, you know, what we both liked, and um, started recording, I think, the day after, uh, and it just evolved into 
marriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a beautiful story. So initially you were singing material that you both mutually knew or songs that, uh, Mother Hips songs or what kinds of songs were you singing together at the beginning after just a day of really talking? In- I, I think we had discussed maybe before I came down, Tim had given me some records to listen to, maybe some Fairport Convention and um, I think maybe even John and June. Um I don't remember exactly what else. Well, you had some of your own songs that you'd written. Did I? That's what we did at first. Mm. Like you showed them to me and I pl- think I played them on guitar. Um, Tim, can you tell us a bit about your musical background as a, as a singer? I've been singing um, in the same band. The band, as Nikki said, is called The Mother Hips. And we formed in college in about 1990 up in Northern California. And um, I had I barely knew how to play guitar. In fact, I don't think I really did know how to play guitar. I could sing because I had I had I had been singing in in choirs and um, choruses and musicals and stuff like that through throughout elementary school and junior high school and of course in church, the Lutheran church. Because when you're a, when you're a boy and you're like. 10, 11, and 12, and if, you, if you're willing to sing at all, the, the choir director's always like, they just clutch your shoulder <laughs> and they just make you sing. They never let go. Because you never really want to when you're that age. It's sort of like not cool. You get made fun of a little bit. But well, I like la- mom thinks it's cool. <laughs> I did like doing it, so I, I sort of toughed it out and, mm-hmm. um, and just unconsciously just kind of learned about harmonies. Mm-hmm. And then from there? And then, and then when I... Got a little older, and my brother started giving me like Led Zeppelin records and Grand Funk records, stuff like that. Then I wanted to—I didn't want to just sing; I wanted to play guitar. I think it was Brian Setzer and uh, the Stray Cats at the time. That's what really fired my imagination. And but it wasn't really until I heard Neil Young's um, record. Everybody knows this is nowhere, and that record just made me realize that I could play. Mm-hmm. I could play guitar because it's so simple and sort of rough and elemental, and I it, that encouraged me. So I got a credit card when I was a freshman in college, bought an electric guitar, and just kind of sat in my room for a year and just figured it out. And then the band started the next year. Well, let's hear a track performed by you, Tim, and your mother hips bandmate, Greg Loicano. One Way Out was recorded as part of the Bridge Sessions music series in 2010 at the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. You can hear the waves lapping on the shore in the background. This is Voice Box, and that was Tim Bloom and Greg Loacano of the Mother Hips performing One Way Out near the Golden Gate Bridge in 2010. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman, and on this week's show, I'm in the studio with Tim Bloom and his wife and musical colleague, Nikki Bloom. We're talking about the art of writing and singing duets and what in particular it's like to sing with a significant other. Tim, how does the singing you do with Mother Hips compare with the way you sing with Nikki? There's, there's certain people that you run across once in a while, it doesn't happen very often. 
that you have you instantly just you you phrase the same way and it just feels really good and it sounds good with ease and that's what happened when when I met Greg so many years ago neither one of us was he didn't really know how to sing at all and I didn't know how to play guitar at all so we shared our skill sets and before long we were we were really singing well together and then of course we've spent 20 years and we played thousands and thousands of shows uh, so now it's very very second nature to sing with Greg and um, our formative years were together and by the time I met Nikki I had already my formative years were behind me and um but it was the same thing. We started singing, and I think it has something to do with the the textures of the voice and the phrasing. And it, I, I suspect even that the, the reason Nikki and I can sing well together without trying too hard is because she listened to a lot of my singing when she was a teenager and, and in college and, mm-hmm. and things. So it wasn't just like a strange, you know, she probably sang along to the Mother Hips records, I would imagine. So Yeah. Did you? I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember him being surprised that I, you know, knew the harmonies to a lot of his songs. But, um, yeah, I love a lot of his solo records as well. He's got three, something like that, four. Beautiful. And um, they're really beautiful, beautiful songs, and they're really easy to sing harmonies to. So I did. I, I kind of had put in some time. <laughs> Before you guys even met, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, Nikki, let's hear a bit about your background now. How did you start off and develop as a vocalist? Um, I have always loved to sing. I mean, since I was a little girl, I remember singing myself to sleep and singing in the shower and, you know, recording myself on my, my little pink Casio radio. Um, but I had two older brothers, so I was pretty shy and, um, stayed pretty secluded because I was just embarrassed that they would discover me and, and they did, uh, you know. I, I was totally traumatized. One car trip, my brother was listening to something on his headphones and laughing, and he put the headphones on his friend, and his friend started laughing. And I was like, what are you guys listening to? And I put it on, and it was me singing Star Spangled Banner in the shower. <laughs> they recorded you. They recorded me. <laughs> That's and evil. I was like, oh, my God. So I just, um, you know, I, I, like, I loved to, to sing and make music privately um the shower is supposed to be private supposed to be you would think it would be private you know (laughs) apparently not uh so you know i uh, the love of singing just continued and then i got my first guitar when i was 17 and started playing and when i could sing and play it was really something that captured my attention and um you know of course writing your own songs is a whole nother wonderful endeavor and um Slowly, it started to get comfortable in front of people. Tim certainly gave me a lot of confidence in that, you know. Having someone tell you um, that you should pursue something that you really admire and respect um, is is a pretty motivating uh, experience to have. Well, let's hear a a track uh, sung by you, solo, Nikki, more or less. It's called Before You Loved Me. Okay. Said it 
I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, Public Radio's weekly series about the human voice. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. Tonight we're chatting about duetting couples. My guests are Tim and Nikki Bloom, who are partners in life and music. I wanted to give each of my guests props as vocalists outside of their very strong musical partnership. So to that end, the song we just heard, Before You Loved Me, featured Nikki on solo vocals. So duetting couples often sing love songs together, and I guess you guys do a fair amount of that too. Um, But you're ambivalent about love songs in a way, Tim, at least that's what you've told me. What's your hang up about them and how do you overcome that? I... I don't have a hang up about love songs in general. I just I just never found myself writing them too often. Um, when I would when I was younger, when I would write a song that was personal, it would be more sort of more obtuse than just it wouldn't be so straightforward as I love you and I I want you. I I I, I was on a mission to be a lot more obscure than that and ironic or something, you know. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't misguided, but that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like listening to Leonard Cohen or something as mm-hmm. opposed to Neil Diamond, you know, that, that difference. I wanted to be more like Leonard Cohen. I, I love both of them a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I sort of had the feeling that there's already enough songs written about on that topic, and you can just make up a topic and write the first song ever about that topic, whatever it might be. Um, but then when when... I started singing with Nikki. It's 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 just that's the classic topic to sing duets about is 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 love, and so naturally I had I had a lot of soil to turn over that had never been turned over before in my in my uh, creative backyard. So it was fun to to write those tunes. So chemistry is one of the most important things in a romantic relationship. How much of a role does chemistry play in a musical one for you two? Um, I think quite a bit. I mean, like you said, we are married and, um, you know, we are also bandmates and we tour uh, quite a bit uh, with with our band, Nikki Bloom and the Gramblers. Um, But every night, no matter how hard the day is or how long the drive or how rough, you know, the load-in is, um, once we start singing the songs and we're on stage... You know, unless something colossal has happened, we're always able to tap into the chemistry that we have and share as as a couple. Um, and it usually overrides any kind of negative feelings um, that, that we might have faced during the day and uh, hopefully comes through in, in the performance. We got married in a fever Other than a paper's crown We've been talking about Jackson Ever since the fire went out I'm going to Jackson I'm gonna mess around Honey, I'm going to Jackson Look out, Jackson One of the American entertainment world's most famous couples, Johnny Cash and June Carter. The song was Jackson. 
Cash and Carter were also one of the most enduring partnerships. They were married for 35 years and stuck together through some tough times. This is Voicebox and we're talking about duetting and what it means in particular to sing songs with a person you share your life with. My guests are Tim and Nikki Bloom who sing together and have been married for about five years. You've got many years ahead of you, Tim and Nikki, before you hit your 35-year anniversary. <laughs> um, how much of a role do you think music played in keeping Johnny, Johnny Cash and June Carter going as a couple? And how much of an impact do you think singing together has on your relationship? It's, uh, it's hard to answer that, that first question because you see a lot of... A lot of um, I mean, that's pretty rare to have people in the entertainment industry married for that long there's so many other examples where that didn't happen even if people continue to sing together like uh, George Jones and Tammy Wynette they were a couple for five years or maybe six years and then they split up but they they kept playing together it's I I, I don't know I I don't have that much experience yet so far so good five years you know I, I think it could help I think singing together could help a relationship but I think working together presents challenges that that a lot of other couples don't have to face you know like just being together 24 hours a day and having to make decisions musical decisions financial decisions business decisions um, those things are definitely obstacles that sometimes you know sometimes have to be faced so it probably evens out altogether do you have anything to add Nikki on the subject um, I mean, I think it's also what marriage means to the couple, you know. Um, I think that for Tim and I, you know, both of our parents are still married, and um, we take it really seriously. And I know everybody probably takes marriage very seriously when they first start. And um, I think with, like, John and June, they obviously had a huge level of commitment, particularly June. Um, she helped Johnny's life get better I mean he had so many personal problems Mm -hmm. that her faith and her family helped him through Um, so there was like a committed level of um, marriage and um, what it means in that situation you know and I hope that Tim and I can can survive through our our lifetime being married I think we can <laughs> well um, there's also there's also the fact you know the whole idea the concept of singing together I mean I, I wonder if that adds a, a different layer of understanding in a way compared to say two people who are you know not not to be negative about I don't know any other profession but you know say you're in a you're both working in accountancy firm together or you're both scientists together or you both write books together or whatever there's something perhaps intrinsic about music that might somehow impact the relationship or maybe not maybe it's like any any other job no I think that's true I mean when we're driving in the car and one of us starts singing the other one will start singing and it's really fun and joyous and you know it's nice to share that with someone Um, I know Tim would sing with his mom you know casually when he was a little kid and there's something really easy about that it's really easy to be you don't have to talk you can just kind of sing and know that you're kind of in the same place and your your mind is is at ease it's different than a lot of other occupations because you know you have to treat it like a business obviously if you expect to make a living at it but when you're actually doing it it's just it's it's like it's fun it's music it isn't it isn't like it's not like a couple would sit around and like do math 
together. We, some know, people maybe. might that we, we actually <laughs> we do and we don't like it at all. <laughs> some people for some people that might be a great way to spend an evening together. <laughs> right, but if you were like say say we were both professional surfers and and when we weren't competing we just went off and surfed some wave by ourselves like that's it's kind of like that it's just fun and it's it's like flying it's it's free it's flowing and it you just do it for fun too. Yeah. Tim, you said that you find it hard to collaborate with other people on writing songs. So can you tell me a little bit about how you and Nikki go about developing the material that you do together? Um, we, I, I've definitely hadn't had a lot of experience with collaborating because I had just found it to be too too hard. And I I would get, you know, I get an idea of the way a song should go. And then I, I have a lot of conviction about that you generally when, I, when I'm writing it like oh yeah that's the way it needs to go and I don't really appreciate other people saying oh no I could go over here <laughs> I just I don't have a lot of patience for that for whatever reason it might not be the best trait of mine but that it gets it gets songs written for for me um, with Nikki and I since it, there, there's a kind of a different mission statement a lot of times when you're writing a, a duet and you know who that I'm going to be singing it with her. The the subject matter can be. It's it feels like it's a little more focused. Like if she's going to be singing a line, it would be nice if she could write those words so that it it's authentic. And we've done it both ways. I mean, I've written duets that she I've told her what to sing, and she's done ones where she sings what she wants to sing and tells me what to sing. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to be easier to collaborate with Nikki than than with anyone else I've tried. Mm-hmm. Nikki, um, you talked about writing lyrics with Tim as being somewhat of a negotiation. I don't know if you use that <laughs> word as a euphemism, <laughs> but in what sense do you negotiate with Tim over lyrics? Um, you know, he is my senior in not only years, but um, he's been playing music a lot longer than me and been writing songs a lot longer than me. Um, and he was an English major, so... You know, never graduated. <laughs> doesn't matter. Terrible student. Terrible <laughs> student. So you just defer to him? Do you? Sometimes I do, um, and also, you know, you have to remember that I was listening to his records. So I love, I loved that he didn't write love songs. You know, I loved that he wrote about California or, you know, history or whatever it was. So I, I really respect his writing style, and I, I sort of model my style of that um, ex- example. Um, that he's set, you know, I don't love to write, I don't want to write cheesy, gushy love songs. I want to kind of um, come up with something a little bit deeper, and he's really good about, um, or I just don't want to write things that are too obvious or too, you know, typical. Um, and so he's really good about helping to steer, you know, well, you you could say this in a different way, or you mm-hmm. could just change this word to, you know, say it in less words, mm-hmm. you know. He's um, good at conceptualizing a big idea into a very um, straightforward, short, brief sentence. Have you ever felt it, so much ownership over a, a line or a verse that you've written that you've disagreed with him and uh, some of his ideas yes uh, yeah i mean I, I i think that the really the thing is is if you're trying to write a song and you can't agree on something that song do, that line doesn't die it doesn't 
go away. You can use it for other things or other songs mm-hmm. or say it in a different way. So n- there's no dead end ever. You know, you can always use it for something else. Rogers and Dolly Parton with Islands in the Stream, followed by Nikki and Tim Bloom with Stick With Me. You're listening to Voicebox. Chatting with me, Chloe Veltman, are the fabulous Bay Area-based singer-songwriters Nikki and Tim Bloom, who, in addition to making music together, also happen to be married. We just heard the couple performing Stick With Me, a song that requires multiple modulations to accommodate the singers' voices when they sing together. And the track we heard before that, Islands in the Stream, was sung by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. It simply has one modulation after Kenny sings his verse. Tonight we're talking about the art of duetting and what it means in particular to sing with someone you share more than music with on a daily basis. For detailed playlist information, please visit voicebox-media.org where you can also check out our scheduled podcasts and other useful information about the series. Now, another aspect of your work together as duetting vocalists that I find interesting, Tim and Nikki, is how you like to turn a song that isn't typically performed by two people into something that sounds like it was originally written that way. What can you tell us about this process of turning a solo into a duo? It only works in, in certain in certain songs. A lot of times you'll run into, um, you know, gender changes too. That that's sort of related and, you know, like if Nikki is covering a song that that is written as a man's voice. Sometimes it works to change the gender. Sometimes it just doesn't work to change the gender. And so we kind of decided a long time ago that it's okay to it's okay for a woman to sing as a man and for a man to sing as a woman. That the, the listener doesn't care. It's kind of cool. Emily Harris does it all. She used to do it all the time. No no problem. Um, but but related to that is is trying to turn a a, a solo into a a, du- a duet and we did it first on um kenny loggins's um danny's song and i th- i think i thought that we were the first people to do it when we did it but i think that i'm wrong i think someone else had had done it before us i don't know who it was and i don't know how, if they did it the same way as we did you just have to kind of divide the lines into two two slightly different stories so that it makes sense that two people can sing them to each other and there's a lot of different ways to do it. It's sort of like translating a poem from from German to English or something. There's a lot of different ways you could do it. Mm-hmm. They have slightly different meanings based on what the translator decides. 
And what's the impulse to do that? I mean, why would you take a song like Danny's song and turn it into a duet? Because there's two singers in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a beautiful song. I mean, sometimes you just find a really beautiful song and you think, why hasn't this been done as a duet? I mean, it's such a perfect duet. And then, of course, there's duets that can be both male, both female, which I think is what happened with Danny's song. Um, You know, there's Loggins and Messina that do a version of it. And then there's... um, you know, if you go to iTunes, you can find a million versions of Danny's song. And I think when we were looking, we found one that had two women doing it. Um, but like Tim said, I don't think that we had heard one with a man and a woman. And it's such a classic, touching love song that every new couple can relate to. And then after 50 years of marriage, that couple can remember when they were a new couple. And, you know, I think it's just a really special song. And certain songs like that... Um, I think should just continue having new life. Um, Well, let's hear an example of uh, this song that was written as a solo and that you subsequently turned into a duo, Danny's song, written by Kenny Loggins in 1971. First we'll hear Loggins singing it and then we'll hear what Nicky and Tim do with it. People smile and tell me I'm the lucky one And we've just begun Think I'm gonna have a son He will be like she and me as free as a dove Conceived in love Sun is gonna shine above Even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with honey Everything will bring a change tuned into voice box i'm chloe veltman with me in the studio for a discussion about duetting couples and nikki and tim bloom who performed together on stage and have been married for five years we just heard nikki and tim's version of kenny loggins's danny's song their duet version contrasts with the original solo version which we heard the songwriter perform first so how do you go about figuring out your harmonies tim and nikki in the type of music that we play the, the the harmonies are generally pretty straightforward. I mean, there's some exceptions, of course, but, you know, a major third and the fifth above it, those are the ones that you're going to go to naturally. They, everyone likes to hear those. They're, they're easy on the ear. So a lot of times, you know, if Nikki's singing the melody, I can't sing above her. I mean, I can in my falsetto, but to get really the character of our voices together, I have to sing in my in my chest voice. And so I'll sing, sometimes I'll sing a fifth, the fifth, but below her, you know, an octave below her. Um, and then if she's singing with me, she'll generally sing the, the major third above me or, or, or higher too. Mm-hmm. Why is it important that you switch off in terms of who gets to sing the melody and who does the harmony? Uh, just for, just for 
variety. variety. It's just, it's fun. I mean, sometimes it's nice to hear a, a woman singing the melody. I mean, it de- it depends too. If it's if the story that's being told in the in the duet is, if the woman is sort of the dominant voice at that point, then it makes more sense for her to be singing the melody because that's kind of the more dominant. You part. mean the character in the song? If yeah. it's a feminine character. Yeah. You're listening to Voice Box. You're tuned into Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman, and special guests, Nikki and Tim Bloom. We're talking about duets. Don't forget, you can access our free podcasts, playlists, and all kinds of other info about our series at voicebox-media.org. That was one of my favourite duets of all time, Fairy Tale of New York, sung by Shane McGowan of The Pogues and Kirsty McColl. What I love about this song is the essential harmony and good spirit in it, in spite of the love-hate nature of the relationship of the characters in the song. Nikki and Tim, singing and living together isn't always easy, though you guys seem to be getting on beautifully after five years of marriage. Can you tell us any stories about some of the challenging times on the few occasions when you've had to share a stage but have not necessarily been feeling all that kindly disposed to one another? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think being in a touring band, you know, we just came off of a a seven-week tour uh, this fall, and um, it's really fun and it's really exciting, and um, but it doesn't always lend to feeling like you're married. Um, you know, we travel with about six other guys, and um, you know, we're in a 15-passenger van, and some days are great, and some days you show up to a show, and it's, um, you know, the sound man's late, or there's no sound man, um, or you know, you drop something on your foot when you're loading in. I mean, who knows what it is? It can be a lot of things. And we've certainly had a lot of really great gigs together on the road, and um, occasionally you have one that's tougher than others. And uh, yeah, yeah, it happens. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of emotions that can be flying around, and sometimes they aren't the best ones. Do you tend to take things out on each other? Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean. It, it some it depends. It depends. Sometimes there's issues that we have with each other directly, so that goes without saying that we would take them out on each other. But yeah, I think I mean I, when you're on the road too, it's like we're family. So I think you tend to take thing, not take it out on your family, but you look to that person to just be completely yourself mm-hmm. around, so you don't really cover up your you, you don't you're not polite to that person anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're, you're on, safe with them, uh-huh. so. and that goes for everyone in the band, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're when you're together 24 hours a day for seven weeks, courtesy doesn't always have to be the first the first rule. So, um, when there's potentially some tension and you're singing together, how much of that do you think is perceived by the audience, or are you both very good at at uh, you know acting the parts, even if you're not necessarily feeling? Like it? You have to ask the audience members, I guess. To I degrees, know. I think we're, we try to be professional. Obviously, yeah, we don't we don't course. we don't want to send out a message that we're that we're angry with each other. No. But then again, we're not like the most 
like astute showmen either. We kind of just do what we do, you know, mm-hmm. we, we just try to kind of play it the way we feel it. There's times though that I think we've been angry with each other for whatever reason and, you know, we'll sing a duet and like, instead of, you know, you coming over to my microphone and sharing the microphone, like we won't do that. We won't, <laughs> we won't make eye contact or something. It, it happens, of course. Well, I guess professionalism is what carries consummate performers through these kinds of situations. Speaking of which, let's hear an interesting historical recording now featuring George Jones and Tammy Wynette. The country music artists were married in 1969 and divorced in 1975, but here they are singing together after they split up. In a pawn shop in Chicago On a sunny summer day A couple gazes at the wedding rings Their own display She smiles and nods her head As he says, honey, that's for you It's not much, but it's the best that I can do Golden rings With one tiny I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. On tonight's show about the art of duetting and in particular how vocal artists in romantic relationships sing together, we just heard George Jones and Tammy Wynette with Golden Ring. My guests are singer-songwriters Tim and Nikki Bloom. To find out more about Voicebox, including more detailed playlist information, please visit voicebox-media.org and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Plus, our free weekly podcast series is available on iTunes. I find the recording we just heard of the song Golden Ring particularly poignant, Tim and Nikki, given that it was aired uh, on the 1970s and early 80s American TV show Pop Goes the Country. The couple sing it with such warmth and aplomb, even though they were no longer together at that point. What are your thoughts about that performance and and their relationship and singing in general together? I I think for them in particular, I think even though they had a, a very stormy relationship and they were, of course, divorced and married other people, I think they sort of, I mean, they both said that that was like that each other was the love of their lives. So that was a, they didn't have to be married to get that spark back. I think she said something like when George and I sang on stage, it was our own little heaven, mm-hmm. even after they had um, divorced. So they had a real unique relationship. They must have been friendly enough. Mm-hmm to even agree to sing together, you know, I a lot of couples that had broken up probably wouldn't be able to do that. Right. They were also motivated by large amounts of money. Well, <laughs> that also helps. <laughs> I also think, you know, relief um, is a pretty wonderful feeling too. And maybe they had that, that sense of relief where they could just sing together and really enjoy that in each other um, without the sort of baggage of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And also that, to be fair, the recording that we played uh, comes from, I think, two years after they got divorced. Uh, and I I think it was the first time they sang together, at least on television, since they split up. Wow. Um, well, I might be wrong about that. So we, there is a two-year gap. I mean, Wait. perhaps it took that amount of time I'm for them sure to be comfortable with doing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for, for tension uh, in a, a duetting couple, too. Um, OK, yeah. it's very difficult, perhaps, to, to get up and sing a song together um, and bat eyelashes at each other when you're not getting along, even when you're being you know, extremely professional about it. But are there any ways um, in which bad feelings or unrequited love or other kinds of tension can be advantageous to a duetting couple's performance? I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience with that myself. 
thank goodness. But yeah, definitely. Like you said, tension um, between two people is is historically been a great like engine for for really good performances. I mean, I think the Everly Brothers. Granted, they weren't they weren't romantic partners; they were brothers, but pretty sure they couldn't stand each other and, <laughs> and yet what music and it was so harmonious and so beautiful uh-huh. and, and the Leuven brothers probably the same mm-hmm. from what I understand well there's also this example um, I'd like to bring up of Emmy Lou Harris and Graham Parsons I mean here, here are two people who weren't ever married as far as I understand and um, you know they had this extremely intimate relationship very strong feelings for for one another probably romantic feelings right and no one quite knows yeah. what their rela- the nature of their relationship but um, you know there was a great amount of tension there that I think really fueled their performances yes I agree um, that's a great example because a lot of the songs are very you know they're romantic topics and you just can't help but think that they aren't in love with each other you know when you watch them you just when you hear the records and I think Emmy Lou has even said as much you know years later She's never been able to forget forget him. Well, here's a great duet by Parsons and Harris now, the appropriately titled Love Hurts. I'm glad. I was going to suggest that one, actually. Mm. I'm, glad, I'm glad you picked it. I almost brought it over today. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. We're talking about duets tonight with singers Tim and Nikki Bloom, who are also a married couple. They've been married for about five years. The song we just heard was Love Hurts. It was performed by Amy Lou Harris and Graham Parsons, who had a very intimate relationship that was never quite out in the open. Okay, so it's not like you have to be in a romantic relationship or at least share some sexual tension with a duetting partner to create an exciting vocal performance. But what, Nick and Tim, do you think being a couple enhances in terms of your work as singers and songwriters? We get to spend a ton of time together and and a lot of that time is is creative stuff. And um, what we've done, not necessarily on purpose, but I think what we've been able to do is we can tell our story um, in our songs and I think people respond to that very well because they can see that it's actually our story it's not it's not like the craft of songwriting it's the it's actually just like living the, the music Nikki mm-hmm. you want to add anything I think that's true um, and I think also you know I think people like to see two happy people singing together. Well, it goes without saying that duetting is a universal art and it's not restricted to uh, the English language or the world of country music, which is what we've been listening mostly to uh, this evening. So I thought we could take a break now and listen to a couple of tracks in other idioms and languages by famous duetting couples. First, we'll travel to the world of Italian opera and hear a performance by married opera stars Roberto Alagna and Angela Giorgiu. The aria is O Suave Fanciulla from La Bohème by Puccini. And then it's off to France for a steamy song performed by longtime lovers Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin, Je t'aime.
on Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. We've been chatting about the art of duetting. We just heard Roberto Alagna and Angela Giorgio with O Suave Fanchula from La Bohème by Puccini, followed by Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin with Je T'aime. Well, our time is up for this week, sadly. I'd like to thank tonight's wonderful guests, Nikki and Tim Bloom, for joining me. Tim and Nikki, it's been fantastic chatting with you both. Thank you, Chloe. Yeah, thanks, Chloe. Likewise. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Please support Voicebox. You can make an easy and safe donation by visiting voicebox-media.org or you can mail us a cheque. We're a non-profit project, so all donations made to us are tax deductible. Find out more and send us your questions and comments via our website, voicebox-media.org. I'll play us out with a song by another fabulous duetting couple from the world of country music, Lou and Peter Berryman, which I think beautifully sums up a lot of what we've been talking about tonight. The Berrymans met, started singing together, got married, couldn't handle being married, divorced, and still sing together. So it just goes to show that whatever happens between two people, there'll always be music to keep them together. The song is entitled Double Yodel. Have a song for week. Yodel-a-day, yodel-a-day. We yodel along the trail all day. Yodel a day, yodel a day, yodel a easy double vocal yodel way. Saturday night when we could use the Palomino. Taking the long romantic way to the casino. Riding along, we share a jug of amaretto. And after I sing a line of bass, I sing full set home. Yodel a day, yodel a day, we yodel along the trail all day. Yodel a day.